I first encountered Moana Maniapoto in the early 1980s when she busted out the Waiata Kua Makona, the song penned by the late Dalvania's prime. In the 1990s, she formed Moana and the Moa Hunters and brought us hits like Titoko Waru, Black Pearl, Akuna Te Reo, Treaty and Moko. She's released five albums to date, plus a Best Of compilation album. In keeping with the trend of her album titles, Tahi, Rua, Toru, Fa, and this year, Rima, Moana Maniapoto and the Tribe includes electronic musician Paddy Free and a new duet with Don McGlashan. I caught up with Moana recently. How long have you been, have you called Auckland home? Oh, gee, was since I went to law school, um, oh gosh, um, in the early 80s. Yes, that's right. What? Were you there? <laughs> no, you're a, I just forget all the time. We're so used to seeing you as our, you know, the performer that people, I'm not too sure if people readily know that you have a background in law. Actually, it's funny, I just had breakfast with um, uh, Peter Williams, the, the wonderful um, criminal lawyer. And um, QC, yes, 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 he's flash, and uh, he's really lovely. And, and I, I did a little wee bit of work um, on his book, on his manuscript. He just released a book, so just caught up with him over breakfast, and he presented me with a copy of his latest book, which is really stunning. So yeah, there, and wow. now he used to teach me back in. Ah. He, he used to do like the odd lecture in legal ethics or something. My sister-in-law finished her law degree, and she reckons contracts was the hardest thing for her. What was the hardest thing for you? Um, oh, I hated anything to do with company, commercial, <laughs> and trust. My eyes would glaze over. But contracts, funnily enough, has been the one that's been the most useful for me it as would. a musician. It would. <laughs> yeah. God. Quite useful. Quite useful setup. So but you... I don't. I don't think you have to be a brain surgeon or a or a judge or a QC to really understand contracts that well. You just have to read the small print. Well, Moana, um, so Rima, um, your latest album, how long was it in the pipeline for? It was four years, sorry, 2008 you released Far. Yes. Um, that was uh, six years ago now. So why the, was that a long break for you? Why the long break? Uh, we did, well, we had a lot of touring. That It's actually, um, when you're touring with a big band, there's a lot of preparation and a lead up to it and a lot, you know, a lot of work. It's quite intensive when you're on tour. And then afterwards, you're sort of recovering. The uh, it really was just quite a, a busy period in my life, and so you need a little bit of space to um, consider writing. And also, I needed to be inspired. And so, in the last um, eighteen months, I've had a little bit of both. Do you have like writer? Is there a writer's block thing? Oh there? yes, there is. I had a writer's block. And um, it's a bit kind of freaky. I mean, I've never been a prolific writer, and I and I still think I'm a writer in progress. I think I'm getting better. I'd like to think so. Um, but you know, it's, it's sort of. I know that some people they sit down at ten o'clock in the morning and they start writing a song, but I find that really difficult. I've got no discipline whatsoever, so I have to wait to be whacked with something, and then. It usually comes quite quickly, and then I have to sing it into my iPhone to, you know... To capture it to in capture that moment, it. yeah. Or else to my six-year-old, because she's got a memory that's incredible. So I knew that after a while, if I kept singing it in the car while I was dropping her off to school, Aww. and she remembered it, then I was on to something. 
so Rima, I mean, I love the way that you've just gone tahiru and toru fa, Rima. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, because if you're really useless and you haven't got toru, then you'd be thinking, hey, something's missing. But do you know, I've had a few people ask, what does Rima mean? And, And I guess when it's out of the context, I could be a little bit more gracious about it. I was thinking, gee, I wonder if Moana's going to get to Te Kaumatahi, Te Kaumarua. I'm, I'm feeling an ono coming on because I, I think that would be quite nice on the cover. Ono, though I, have to, I might have to put some dark glasses on and strike a Yoko look. <laughs> yeah, they'll be going, oh, look, her album's out. It's Ono. Let's talk about some of the song, uh, songs. The first one off the um, off the album is the world, the whole world's watching. I love it. What inspired you to start with a classic Omarapitsi or Run Rabbit? <laughs> um, well, firstly, I was inspired to write Whole World's Watching by watching a lot of things that were going on overseas on the news in Syria um, last year, and I thought, look at that. We're in our in our lounge, and we can see. All the terrible things that are going on, and and lots of times it's really depressing when you just watch the news day in and and day out. Um, So there's a downside to being that connected. But there are also, um, we can see people um, mobilising to challenge things that are going on. We see, you know, I saw people in Turkey when something was happening there in the middle of the square. I remember being in that square once, and... um, they were upset because I think all the the park was going to be redeveloped or something. And so you see people get together and stand up and fight. And in New Zealand, we see people, you know, doing their thing, whether they're in politics or whether mm. they're lawyers or whether they're parents who are marching in the street. So that's what kind of drove that song. Um, and then Omarapiti was... Um, I, I sort of got a little bit mixed up when I was thinking of that whole world's watching. I remembered the um, clowns getting beaten up in um, the 81 Springbok tour where that phrase was used a lot, whole world's watching. And then oh. Patty said, no, those were rabbits. Those are rabbits. No, I thought they were rabbits, but they were clowns. So, yeah, <laughs> so I'm losing it, you see. And so anyway, I thought, let's put a marapati in there because it's kind of a song that everyone knows and also it's one that... So everyone can join in and do it. And to me, that's a little bit of a metaphor for uh, mobilising and, and uh, you know, the whole kapahaka thing where you're in synergy. Hands Up reminds me of Warriors from the Rua album. I love it. I suppose it does, eh? Yeah. And it was just a little... Oh no! I just wanted to have have a little. Oh, because I've got some these other um, two singers in my band who are really awesome, way better than me. Mickey is on drums. Mickey Utatonga, and he's a great singer. He never goes flat, unlike wow. myself sometimes. And I've got my <laughs> sister, and she's a really awesome singer. So I wanted to showcase their voices. So um, one of my uh, relations, Tim, um, who's quite heavily involved in the election. Um, was staying with us a lot um, during the election and uh, I was struck by how um, passionate and how focused he was and so in trying to get people to vote too so this was one that was um, it wasn't used as part of a campaign but it was inspired by that you know let's get out there and and um, and vote we're 
Put your hands up and do something. Will you speak out? And I know that Scotty, I mean, Scotty Morrison's been with you for quite a few years oh, now. Hey, he has. <laughs> you know, he's wonderful. He's so lovely because I often text him and go, what's this weird Scotty? He's not too bad at getting back quickly. His wahine is better. Um, but um, he is, I think, one of our great Māori language um, exponents of this generation. And, um, and we write songs together. We've got a, a really good relationship Sometimes I I will write something in English and he will translate it and he always translates it conceptually, so not so not literally, and that's what gives it its poetry. That's right. Yeah. Oh, the mighty language is so beautiful when yeah. it comes to that. Yes, definitely. And, and other times I'll just say, I want to write a song like this, and here's my ideas, and he'll you know and leave it to him. So um, yeah, he he's been wonderful. Um, Patu Hohepa has helped out on one of the songs. Oh, lovely! And um, he's a great support too when I'm doing research on some of the kaupapa. Um Aroha Yates Smith um, and Kimara Kennedy. You know, I do. I mean, I do have my favorite. I do have my favourites, oh, Moana, <laughs> when it comes to your music. I mean, I my favourite is Titokowaru. You know, when I was on Iwi Radio a decade ago, I used to blast it in my car. I don't Aww. have any ties to Taranaki, but I just love the Waiata. Um, Moko Treaty, I would consider classics. Are there any, I know it's hard for me to ask this question to artists, but are there any of those Waiata that really you just hold quite dear to you? Um, I, I, you know, we still play Titokowaru because, uh, we played that at our launch because mm. um, Patty has zhushed it up a bit and oh. it is so pumping, I tell you, it's really awesome. And I do love that song. I think um, Tahi, which I co-wrote with um, uh, Ruya Aprihama, he gave me the waiata side of it. Um, that would be my favourite because it was the first time I really started to experiment with using tauparapara, mm. using haka slaps and stomps, using tangapuro, and just kind of replacing a lot of Western instruments with, um, you know, Māori, traditional Māori ones, um, and working with Angus McNaughton on that. So it's been wonderful working with Paddy because he, um, that's what fascinates him. And I, you know, he's really clever at um, getting those organic sounds and making them sound really contemporary. Um, and I find that, you know, each time I want to do a song of Māori, I'm even more interested in um, traditional vocal delivery, which is where I started with um, Tahi. So instead of singing it in, you know, an R&B soul way, yes. I like to do the more tia tia kind mm. of a style. So how can um, everybody get a copy of Rima? iTunes, I Yeah, imagine. iTunes, um, Marbex and um, J- JBL, or you download an iTunes, which is what I did the other week when I couldn't get my album off my laptop <laughs> to my blinking phone. Hang on, so you had to download I your know. own album. <laughs> and I was thinking the record company would be looking at, oh, she's so desperate for sales, thank you. <laughs> yes, but it made it easy because, you know, then I can go for a run and learn my songs and, um, yeah, that's all good. Come Hey, um, there's another song on there which I thought I'd just mention yes. before we go, which is House of Strife, which um, was a last it's minute. It's a different sounding one, isn't there it? There you go, you picked it, eh? There once was a house of plenty. There once was a house of grace. Yes. It was a last minute add to the album, and it was a, um, 
It was a commission piece from uh, my partner Toby Mills and, and um, Julian Arahanga for um, uh, an audio-visual project that they've done for the Treaty House for visitors, all about the Treaty. Right. And um, so they wanted myself and Don McGlashan to collaborate on a piece of music. So we got together and, and we were under a lot of pressure. Like, I think we met on Thursday Thursday, and Toby said, oh, can you have it all finished by Monday? Saying, oh, far out. We haven't, we haven't even had lunch yet. Um, and um, so we, we embarked on this... Um, the challenge of writing a song that would kind of represent the treaty relationship without making it a big we are the world, we are one, we are all happy chappy or um, you're all horrible, you've taken our land and stolen everything and ruined our lives and yes, I feel really stink about that. Um, so we tried to kind of find the right tone. E te manu tiori ori tēnei rā te mihi kia koe, moana mania poto.